Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. That's a lot of money. That's a lot, a lot of money. But it's just a drop in the bucket compared to everything else because the overall, the money that we got from that infrastructure package is, uh, well, it's it's freaking huge. The, uh, the overall package uh, for Alaska, we got 8.8% of nearly a trillion dollar package. 8.8%. Uh, is, I mean, it's just so the stupid, it's just a stupid amount of money. We can't even, I mean, I can't even fathom at this point how much money that is to, for projects here in Alaska, just in Alaska alone. Um, so this is going to be a, uh, this is going to be an interesting discussion. We're going to break down some of the different projects, uh, that are, uh, that are out there. Uh, some of the projects that are receiving funds uh, for a variety of uh, for a variety of things, and uh, we'll we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about all that and get your take on it as get your take on it as well. So um, we'll t- talk about that. We're also going to talk about some invasive species. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, some of the things that happened in the legislature. Um, and, and kind of some after action review, uh, we'll talk about a bizarre letter that Senator Shelley Hughes got that kind of came out of, uh, nowhere, um, that has, uh, kind of her shaking her head and wringing her hands and doing all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know if she's wringing her hands over it, but definitely shaking her head over it and, um, uh, and more. So. Big, uh, big, big, lots of stuff, big, lots of stuff going on. And, uh, we'll be joined here too, by you as you continue to sound off on some of the different issues and everything else as well. Uh, so it's just a typical, it's just a Monday. I mean, typical Monday, my computer just crashed, uh, here in the middle of what we were doing this morning. So it's, uh, I'm only, I'm only here to just, you know, those poor people up on the North Slope, I can feel them. They were having a hard time without internet. Well, I just had a hard time without the without the whole computer thing. It's a it's a problem. It's a problem for sure. But we're going to continue here and uh, get things ready to rock and roll uh and uh, we will give uh, uh, we'll give your phone calls a shot as well on top of everything else that we're going to cover. So, number to call if you want to sound off this morning, 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. You can also send me an email if you want to uh, talk email. If you want to talk via email, you're too shy to do the whole thing, uh, you know, uh, otherwise. Feel free to do it. 90, uh, just go to me at michaeldukeshow.com. M-E at michaeldukeshow.com. That's where you go to... Uh, 
uh, drop me an email line or come join us in the chat room. Chat room is available here at uh, on Facebook.com slash Michael Duke Show. All right. So now we're going to continue on with the remainder of the show as soon as we come back from this commercial break. And uh, we're ready to go. Back with it. Just a moment. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Hi, how are you guys doing? And, uh, that was, um, I was, that was damn. I was just thinking that, uh, uh, all of a sudden I was talking and my computer just went blue screen of death, just arbitrarily blue screen of death, everything locked up. So I just continued to talk the whole just continued the talk the whole time while I was rapidly trying to bring everything uh, back online there. So, all right, there we go. I was so rudely interrupted. Um, I got the blue screen of death. Yep, that was exactly it. Hawk said he didn't even know uh, I was off for all that time. Would you, did I just stop talking and that was it? Um. He's reading the teleprompter. No, I mean, I'm assuming you guys just went away, right? I mean, you just had a big old blank middle of the road. It was all gone. It was all gone. So, yeah. Uh, That's how a pilot, that's how those pilots hope to go out, says says Jerrica. I know pilots in the village my dad lives in who have been flying their whole lives and are still flying the days in their 80s. They will tell you that they will all tell you that pilots don't die of old age. Well, and some of them are just so cantankerous. I remember I think it was was a Warren Prax that uh, he refused to take his flight physicals. He finally crashed his plane at like 85 and he just refused to take his flight physicals because he wouldn't pass them kind of thing. Um, I went away. <laughs> Um, I went away. Yeah, no, I definitely went away for a few minutes. We assumed that you vaporized. Well, I, you know, I think some people hope that, but, uh, you know, we're, we're all good. We're all good here. I kind of threw off my rhythm though. Wanted to talk more about this quintillion thing. So let me, where is that funding for 33 rural broadband projects? Okay. Uh, uh, 
is okay. Eight point is ever the largest. Okay, sorry, I'm just reading, reading a bunch of uh, stuff that I that closed out on me, making sure that I got it all here in front of me. All right. Well, how was your guys' this weekend? What did you do? I tried to call my, I know my dad, I saw my dad in the chat room here a second ago. Um, I tried to call my dad uh, for Father's Day yesterday, and then he was in church, and then he tried to call me, and I was up in the middle of something, and, and um, I forgot to call again because <clears throat> I was busy doing Dad's Day stuff, and uh, I forgot to call him again. So, Dad, I'm sorry I tried to tried to call you again, and happy Father's Day. Happy Mother Father's Day, Mother Father. Um, Eskimo Libertarian having a great weekend. Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, just, you know, oof, so, so nice. Um, who was the pilot who had the flying boxcar and a host of IRS problems? I don't know. I don't know. I seem to vaguely remember that. But I don't remember who that was. Um, the legislator that crashed his plane into the charter plane in Soldotna that didn't have his medical. That was, uh, yeah, Kanop. Um, Gary Knopp, he was the one that uh, had that happen to him there uh, right before the election, uh, unfortunately. All right, uh, we're coming back into it. Here we go. Uh, the Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share, like and follow. Let's fingers crossed it doesn't crash again. Just, I mean, you know, asking for a friend. Uh, and we will uh, we'll continue on. Make sure you invite some other folks onto the show here this morning. Let's get to it. Here we go. Okay, welcome back to the program. It is the Michael Duke Show. And uh, we are recovering here. I know you guys, uh, I, I opened up the phone lines and had the phone lines up and running, and then I forgot that because my computer crashed, I have to restart my, uh, I had to restart my deal, my dealio. So we're going to take some calls here. I got somebody on hold. So as soon as my phone system all boots up and beats up here, we're going to get into this here and we will uh, be taking those calls uh, in just a second. And then we're going to talk about the different funding for all these rural broadband projects, which um, we talked a little bit about last week. But I mean, this whole thing is, you know, I'm wondering how much of a problem, how much of this is being created by government? And how much of it is being solved by government, uh, which I guess that's a deeper conversation, but we'll get into all that here in just a second here. 
So let's get started and go over to the fel tele the Felotones. We'll go over to the telephones here and see what you guys have to say this morning as we start. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, where you call from? Morning, Michael. Hey, it's, it's your essential worker here in uh, Fairbanks, Alaska. And you know that you're, you got some really good topics lined up for today, but I just wanted to put it out there. I think this is a terrorist attack, the fiber optic cord being severed 90 feet underwater how could it happen besides somebody's anchor maybe grabbing it but i think it was a sabotage by our neighbors well this is a we we talked about this a little bit last week and you know i don't know i didn't know enough about the geology in the area or anything else and then a couple other people sounded off about this uh yeah it's 90 feet underwater and another 13 or 15 feet under the surface uh but a couple different things one other friends of mine who's a geologist said uh in the chat room he said that uh, the sea floor there is unstable enough that it does a lot of movement on its own. Uh, so that could have done it. And mm -hmm. then somebody else did say that the sea floor is also soft enough that an anchor could have technically dropped through it, I guess, and drug, drug through it and cut through. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. As far as strategic targets, I don't know as cutting the broadband off to the uh, – you know, to the Arctic villages in the North Slope uh, or parts of the North Slope in Western Alaska would be that big a deal. Uh, it's inconvenient, but I don't know strategically if that would make sense. Uh, are you with me on that? I mean, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. My, I was just, my imagination was getting the best of me with everything going on. <laughs> and I don't know. I think anything could happen. Anything's possible. But, hey, great, great show, great topic. And I'm listening. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate you joining me and uh, and sounding off. I, I mean, I just, again, could it be? Sure. I mean, you know, Nord Stream Pipeline, all this other stuff, things that are going on, China's, you know, Russia, the whole thing. Tensions are heating up. And, you know, Anthony Blinken's over there shaking hands with Xi Jinping. I mean, doing the whole thing. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. It could happen. But I would think that there would be more strategic, I mean, again, more of an annoyance than anything else. I would think that there would be more strategic targets to hit um, if you were going to be sneaky Pete about that kind of stuff. But, you know, I, again, I'm not a, well, anyway, um, let's go back to what we were just talking about here. Uh, because I was reading you the, uh, I was giving you the headlines on this quintillion thing uh, right off the top of my head because the I, my computer crashed. So I was remembering it. So it wasn't 88, it was $89 million. The funding is coming from the National Telecommunications and Information Administration Middle Mile Fund. My God, that's a mouthful. The National Telecommunication and Information Administration Middle Mile Fund. Middle mile services uh, are what they call the services uh, for last mile providers up on the, you know, Northwest Arctic, Arctic Slope, Dalton Highway, Prudhoe Bay, Fairbanks. They're the only uh, communications operator to have built a subsea and terrestrial fiber, uh, fiber optic network in the U.S. Arctic. And it provides the high speed broadband for networks, satellite ground stations and cloud service connectivity. Now. Um, somebody who's much smarter than me would probably have to comment on whether or not there are military implications to that. Going back to uh, the previous callers, 
comment about whether or not it was intentional or not, but I would think that any kind of uh, dues system, BU system, BMU system, all the different early warning, you know, systems and all the military applications and everything else like that. I would think all that stuff has some kind of redundancy backup that they wouldn't be dependent on traditional internet for their connectivity uh, in warning or some kind of strategic nature. You know what I mean? But I don't know. The NTIA grant will facilitate a multi-year project to lengthen this subsea broadband infrastructure which uh, basically connects Nome to Homer with the aim of bolstering Alaska's current uh, tenuous broadband network and infrastructure. Uh, all the usual suspects, Mikowski, Sullivan, everybody, hailed the grant as an essential step to getting people connected. Um, and uh, the Sullivan, in fact, it was really one of Sullivan's main reason for uh, his, his work on the uh, infrastructure bill was the broadband provisions. Um, and of course, that is, uh, I, 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 don't, I just don't know if this is, if they're part of the solution or part of the problem at this point, having government involved in these things. I don't know if it's part of the solution or part of the project, uh, part of the, part of the problem. Uh, there were 33 other rural broadband projects that got a lot of money, more than a hundred million dollars of the nearly, um, well, this is all part of the uh, uh, the big uh, reconnect program and part of the whole infrastructure plan. Uh, the Biden administration announced it was going to send seven hundred and fourteen million dollars to help rural areas in nineteen states to connect to the internet. Uh, the Agriculture Department, which is <laughs> the agri the Agriculture Department, is they take games. The, the Ag Department takes care of some of the weirdest stuff including the food stamp snap benefits and everything else but now they're re they're 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 taking care of the re they're calling it the reconnect program um they're the department's funding is a fraction of the 65 billion that the u.s lawmakers authorized for programs that aim to connect all americans to the internet but there's tranche of funding from the usda goes towards uh 33 different projects including, and Alaska's getting a big, big chunk of this, Alaska and Missouri, uh, Missouri, are the two places that seem to be getting uh, the biggest chunk uh, of, uh, of these monies. Um, Alaska's getting $35 million grant going to Interior Telephone Company, another $35 million grant for the Mukluk Telephone Company, 17 million, almost 18 million for the Copper Valley Telephone Cooperative. MTA here in the Valley is getting a $12.6 million grant. So 30, 30, almost 100 million, well, over 100 million. Is that right? Did I do my math right? Yeah, just over 100 million dollars going to various Alaskan projects here on this deal. Now, the only one that even comes close to that is, uh, um, I think it's uh, Missouri. Missouri is getting something like um, uh, Missouri is getting something like sixty-five million. Most of the other places, though, uh, is uh, <laughs> Oregon, Washington, Utah, Tennessee, South Carolina, Oklahoma, New Mexico, um, Kentucky, uh, Kansas got a big chunk, fifty million dollars for Kansas. 
Uh, but all these monies are going out there to connect people to the internet. And I guess my question really comes down to is this government is this is this helping or is it hurting when the government gets involved in trying to provide this connectivity because now they're giving money to private organizations but in essence are they trying to make it some kind of like public I'm trying to I'm trying to put my words I'm trying to put my thoughts into words here and I'm having a hard time this morning because this is a I've been kind of thinking about this for a while as I watch this push for broadband for all um as I watch this go on um you know out amongst the the world the the more that I think about it the more I start to get a little concerned because if you are all dependent on the broadband for everything and Hey, just shut the broadband off at your house for a while and see how you feel. Um, I mean, I'd like to think that I'm as independently rugged individualist as the next guy. But when we lost the Internet at the house here, uh, I don't know, it was a week ago or something. We lost the Internet for like 12 or 14 hours. It was a little shocking how much of things, how many things that we did that required internet that, I mean, there was just basically, I was dead in the water. I couldn't do much work because, uh, by everything requires the internet to work for me. Right. I mean, all these other kind of things. And the more that I think about the government being out there and being the spearhead on this, um, you know, he, he, who controls the tap controls the water kind of thing. Right. So while they're pushing for this whole thing out there, um, it just makes, I don't know, maybe it's just the, <laughs> maybe it's just the anti-authoritarian streak in me, but I just think, you know, this, this, this makes me a little bit nervous. Now, on the other hand, also, it is a prime example in many ways of meddling in the market because, you know, and, and people are finding, what was the story that I just saw? Um, um, I think it was at the, um. Uh, um, I can't remember if it was the ADN or KTUU, they were just talking about, you know, how the broadband service has been disconnected up on the slope and that more and more people are changing things. And a lot of people are going to Starlink, um, and doing that instead. And, um, maybe this was, Hey, maybe that caller was right. Only it wasn't Russia or China. Maybe it was Elon Musk. Maybe he was trying to get people to be early adopters to his program. Maybe there's a whole sub, maybe he built a secret submarine. But I mean, because let's face it, do you want to build out a bunch of hard infrastructure that requires, I mean, I don't know how many thousands of dollars per mile it costs to put in cable and broadband and fiber optic and all that other stuff, or do you want to pay a couple thousand? 300 bucks for a unit and, you know, a hundred bucks a month for internet, um, from a satellite. I mean, that, that's what kills me is that they're meddling in the market. I mean, Musk finally brought this thing to market, but I think it could have been done a lot sooner if we didn't have all this dependency on the infrastructure that's being built out with government lucre. Maybe that's as clear as I can make it. Is that as clear as mud? I feel like this is a Monday and that's as clear as mud. But uh, it it definitely is. It's always troubling for me to see them to continue to push out this idea of broadband built out by the government, 
because anything that is given by the government can be taken away by the government. And that is the part that makes me, maybe that is my anti-authoritarian streak coming out. Maybe really that's, maybe really that's what it's, uh, that's what it's all about. It's more about me just being paranoid. That, that could be it. All right. We'll uh, return here in just a moment. Phone lines are open, 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Back with more after this. Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Gordon says that he's okay with my anti-authoritarian streak. <laughs> Gordon on YouTube. <laughs> Thank you, Gordon. I mean, sometimes I got sometimes I got to check myself. Like, is that just is that me? Just is that me just being paranoid? You know, I mean, that's what sometimes I got to feel. And other times I'm like, does that make sense, or is it just is it just me? I just I just don't know. I mean, I just I just want to know. Um. All right, let me go back here. Debbie, uh, Debbie, uh, grilled for father's day. What? That's a man's job, Debbie. Just kidding. Sorry. All the ladies just looked at the, they just looked at their phones. What? It's a man's job to do the grill. I don't know. I mean, my wife said the same thing. I said, I think I want to grill some burgers. She goes, this father's day. You shouldn't have to grill. I'm like, like, it's a hard thing. I want hot. I want burgers and hot dogs. And you know, I want that summary food for father's day. So it's not that big a deal. I'll just go do it. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. I don't have the, uh, no, I don't have the Starling cooked up yet. I'm waiting for the announcement that they've got the rest of the Constellation up. I am going to install the antenna and everything because it's nice. And now I can get it on the edge of the roof without having to uh, deal with the snow and all that. But I am going to install the Starlink this summer, um, and then hope that uh, by the end of the summer they have all the they have all the doodads up. I'm hoping that's uh, what's going on. Um, it was that Tang UFO they chased, uh, says Bill, that cut the fiber optic line. I don't know. Um, fiber installations have twenty foot coils every thousand feet. It was cut. Or it was drugged 20 to 40 feet before it broke. Oh, they have 20-foot coils every 1,000 feet, meaning that they, it's got slack in the lines, right? Okay, I see what you're saying. Um, problem. Um, personally, a little... <laughs> this is what Brian says. Personally, a little less connectivity might be a good thing. 
You know, and you're right. I mean, and I don't use the internet necessarily to connect with, it's just my access to all the things that we do. You know what I found interesting that night, uh, after the, the, the internet had already been out for like five hours or six hours, we sat down for dinner and, uh, we're sitting there on the couch, my wife and I, and we're like, well, well, normally we hang out and just chat and watch TV and do it. So I'm like, we can't even watch a movie because I didn't even have a I didn't have a DVD player or a, we got a whole closet full of DVDs and shows and everything, um, but I didn't even have a DVD player or Blu-ray player hooked up to the system because we just stream everything now, and I'm like, huh, and so then I just tethered my then I just tethered my Fire Cube to my phone and we watched it off my we streamed I used my phone as an internet beacon so we got around it but at the same time it's just so weird when you're like huh I gotta I gotta do that uh anyway you're right it a little less connectivity from time to time not a not a good uh uh good um my late husband was a fiber installer for North Sky their cable is hard to break unless someone chopped it with a muck bucket Okay. They should talk to Elon and get a deal. I would agree. I mean, I think the state should turn around and just, you know, instead of spending all this money into GCI and giving them money to build out the infrastructure, why don't you just dial up, uh, you know, Starlink and say, hey, look, how many, how much for in bulk for X number of units and how soon can you get the rest of the satellites in the sky? Right? I mean... But Hark says, well, that'd be great, except there it wouldn't pad the pocket of the unions. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Um, going through here. How else is Big Brother going to keep watch over us? Did you see the story the other day? Uh, we talked about it in brief when it came out, but it was a, a survey that showed something like 29% of, what are they now, Zillennials, young ones, not millennials, but younger than millennials how they would be okay with them putting a camera in your house to prevent, I guess, the Department of Pre-Crime or whatever. Man, that's just, that's just, no. Um, anyway, my anti-authoritarian streak is one of the reasons why Brian has hung around with me all these years. Well, I mean, there you go. Um... Yeah, so compared to other countries that have broadband that they can control what you see and read. That's my fear. There you go. <clears throat> Thank you, Lisa. Thanks for putting that out there, and and that's what I was looking for. That's what I was looking for. Um, I did not hear that uh, libertarian, Eskimo libertarian. I want to... <clears throat> wow. Okay, here we go. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-Based. I want more on that, <clears throat> Eskimo. I need to know. I, I need a link to that story. We got to talk about that. Here we go. Jumping back into it. Okay, welcome back to the program. And thank you to Lisa, uh, who kind of concise down what I was trying to say this morning. 
You know, she said, compare this to other countries that have broadband provided by the countries, right? But then can control and see what you see and read, right? I mean, think about like China, right? I mean, they got the whole system there where they block everything. And, you know, I don't want government to control my flow of information. Um, I want to be able to provide my own flow of information. I want to be able to pay for that. I want to be able to have access to it. Well, there are people, they don't have the access out there. I mean, again, when you've taken away all their opportunity, maybe Starlink would have arrived sooner if the demand had been more and there hadn't been a bunch of government money being thrown around to try and uh, do it the old-fashioned way, so to speak. You know, I mean, it's it can't be cheap to run fiber cables and actual hard lines all over the place, obviously more secure, you know, more reliable in the long run, yada, yada, yada. But when you're talking about rural and inaccessible areas, here's a, here's a Starlink. Go do it. No, the show is not sponsored by Starlink, but hmm, maybe it should be. Maybe I should reach out and, uh, but I mean, you see what I'm saying? I, I, I just, that's what worries me. And again, my anti-authoritarian streak is obviously coming out in in my paranoid. I'm a little paranoid about that. But, you know, there you go. Um, all right. Uh, let's go. Oh, we got another phone call. Let's go over to the phones and see what you guys have to say this morning. Uh, we're just chit-chatting. Got a few other stories. I want to talk a little bit about the uh, about this letter that Shelly Hughes got the other day that was a little shocking to her. We'll talk about that as well. But first, to the phones. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Hello, Michael. This is Jason calling from Fairbanks. Hello, Jason. KFAR. How you doing, my friend? What's right. up? I well, I quite I I quite agree with you about uh, about your feelings of paranoia, and also about Starlink, which I think is an excellent system. There is, however, a yet a third alternative that we could build using existing Alaskan industry. I was a friend of Robert Forward. He was a world-renowned physicist. He uh, he helped to invent the solar sail. You know what that is? The solar sail, right? Right. Yeah. Which uses yep. sunlight for propulsion. Yep, I heard. He, him. Did, he invented a, a, a type of spacecraft that would you could use either a solar sail or an ion drive called the Statite, which means a stationary satellite. In fact, he even wrote a, a technical article. He wrote several articles, but he even wrote a technical article. That appeared in analog science fiction because they run science fact articles as well as fiction fictional stories and his idea was to have above the, the north and south poles of the earth a few earth radii above the pole you could have a solar sail spacecraft that would hover there in, in, in one position and it would act just like over the equator the uh, geosynchronous satellites and that it would not move it could be used for navigational purposes solar sail one in particular you could use for visual navigation you couldn't miss it it'd be like another star brilliant star in the sky It'd be brighter than polaris but also you could handle broadband um any kind of uh, television or radio broadcast for for uh, there would be a somewhat a slight time delay for telephone usage but in an emergency who cares about that and as far as tv and radio goes or the internet unless you're playing one of those online games Nobody cares if the, you know if the signal is a few seconds later. And the thing is, since the Statite doesn't, re- especially the solar sail-powered one, doesn't require any rocket thrusters, the sail provides attitude control as well as propulsion. 
we could build such spacecraft right here in Alaska. I mean, it's just an electronic box, which is the spacecraft bus with the transponders, and it could be used with the microwave and laser links. So you could pretty much use any form of communication you wanted with it. It could be launched by one of these private companies, maybe even Elon Musk's own SpaceX from Vandenberg, moved into a position above the pole, and it would just hang there perpetually. That's an interesting thought. Uh, I mean, I guess what's the, I guess my to my question would be, what would be the advantage of that over the constellation of satellites, low, you know, LEO satellites that Musk is putting up now? I guess, what are the pros and cons of that versus, uh, you know, having a whole constellation of low Earth satellites that have almost zero latency because they're all using laser arrays to talk to each right. other and everything? I mean, I'm, other than, I guess, the time delay, uh, I don't know... And maybe the cost, would the cost be, and would it be able to handle the load from having all the connectivity between, I mean, if you're talking about being stationary over the poles, does it then have to deal with everything in the Northern Hemisphere? And and I don't know. I mean, this is a fascinating concept, though. Well, since it could be done, since it would could be a private project that we could, that we could build, in fact, you can you can hang more of them. It's, it's not like you can only put one of them there. You can put several of them there. In fact, they could even be offset a couple of degrees off the Earth's axis. And even though they would move slightly, they would still be you know within the microwave beam you know of a microwave system, or a laser system too by using a, a laser diffuser. Um, the the advantage of it is is that with the is that with, with Starlink, you can you know if you know. Like you, you, you notice now being a beta user of, of, uh, of Starlink, they don't have the the um, constellations quite up yet where it does right. work, but you, you end up with blank sometimes. Right, well, right. There may be times with Starlink, and I, I'm, I'm not knocking it on this basis, but I'm just saying um, there could be times when, let's say, if we had a really bad coronal mass ejection or if a comet passed very close to the Earth and the satellites got sandblasted, where you could lose a number of them, where that you could be back where we are right now, where it w where it would still be working, but it would be spotty. Whereas a system like this, one one state height could handle all of that, and you could build several of them, keep them in storage uh, for if you know if you needed to launch a spare one, it could be done at any time. Because like I said, it's just uh, essentially a box with thermal control, you know, the thermal control systems right. for use in a vacuum with the electronics. And in the solar sail, it would either be hung from that or, depending on the sail type, you could use, either use a spin-stabilized sail that would be spin-rigidized or it would just have uh, four or a couple of booms that will keep the sail rigid. But it would be an inexpensive spacecraft to build. And, uh, and also, like I said, it could be used for visual navigation as well. Well, now, now I want to so, build. I mean, now. I mean, they're both good. They're both good systems. And, yeah. and I'm not knocking Starlink at all. But I'm just saying it's something that our private industry here in Alaska could develop and build on its own here. There are industries here, in fact, even in town here, that could build such a spacecraft bus. And you make the sail. The sail is just uh, aluminized Kapton plastic film. <laughs> that's, all, that's all the, soul, the yeah. sail is. No, it's fascinating. I mean, now I want to build one. Uh, how do we get it to orbit is the problem. No, I mean, I think that's a fascinating uh, concept, and I love digging into that. Oh, but you yeah. know, more information on it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it could be launched on board any rocket, like a Falcon 9 or even a Falcon Heavy if you want to launch several, or one great big one which can handle even, you know, even more. But, uh, you know, a Falcon 9 or, or an Atlas, an Atlas 5 or 
Delta Four or something like that, right. or some of the newer ones that are coming online, like the Vulcan Centaur. So it's not like you would, it's not like you'd need a Saturn V or something like that to put it up there. Right. Know? And that could be done through these private launches. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you sounding off and letting me know about that. I, I again, that's a fascinating idea. I think, but see, this is what I was talking about, Jason. The more the government intervenes in these kind of things. The in the end result is that, uh, you know, it squashes that kind of impetus from the market to go out and create these kind of new concepts right. and these new ideas. Right. I mean, if if they exactly. know that, and that's why I thought about this for yeah. us, because we could do this here with our own money, you know, yeah. um, you know, and without the government. And that's what that's another thing I like about it is it it's something that we could build with the technological um, you know, the level of technology that we and companies that we have here in Alaska right now. Yeah. We could even launch the thing from uh, Kodiak if we wanted to, you know. All right. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, thanks, Jason, for sounding off and giving us uh, details on that. I, I mean, I could, I could have a whole, dis I could have a whole show's discussion worth on just, you know, potential space technology. I've been reading through that book you sent and uh, there's, I mean, again, oh, applications good. that could be used everywhere so anyway thank you for sounding off i appreciate you uh being part of the show today You're thanks welcome. for thanks for coming on board all right folks we got more coming up hour two is dead ahead um we're going to be back with more the michael luke show common sense liberty-based free thinking radio don't forget to join us tomorrow brad keithley and chris story will be joining us of course for our weekly top three and weekly life coaching lesson but then on wednesday we're going to continue with our what if discussion this time uh with uh dr <clears throat> excuse me dr sean roland from jace medical uh, we're going to talk about emergency medical preparedness that's all coming up on wednesday the michael luke show common sense radio Okay. Um, I'm reading this story now that uh, Eskimo Libertarian sent me, and I'm like, what the actual hell is going on? Uh, um, What is going on here? We're going to, I mean, yeah, this is just, uh, that, that is, uh, that's, that's going to be interesting. Um, we're, we're, I'm going to talk about this. Thank you for the story. Um, uh, because that is an interesting, if you, you can go out and read the story that she just posted the link in the chat room. Um, <clears throat> No, he wasn't like locked outside the house. He just couldn't use any of the in-home services that his smart home was supposed to provide, which, and you know, well, I'll give you, I'll give you my hot take on that here in a minute. I'll give you my hot take on that when we get back to that. Okay. We'll just, we'll keep, we'll keep going. We'll keep going on that. Oh, okay. 
my, I just, I just switched over to, to look at my Facebook page and there was the blue screen. The whole thing was just the, the blue screen around me, the moving blue screen. It was when I crashed anyway. Um, okay. Going back up here to see what's going on here. Well, everyone enjoyed this. Debbie, I'm sure you cooked wonderfully. You know I'm just playing, right? I just, I had to say something shocking about being a man's thing. Seasoned and grilled by a woman, she says. Seasoned and grilled by a woman. Amy says, I grill all the time. It's just me and two Pomeranians. You don't grill the Pomeranians, do you? Because that would be shocking. <laughs> oh, I just, you know, I'm just doing what I could talk about. Oh, Debbie said her son brought a mead. My wife, my wife found my Vikings blood. I forgot that I had Vikings. There's a bottle of Vikings blood in the back of the cupboard. And I was like, mmm, mmm, yummy. <clears throat> and she got me this really nice Japanese whiskey for Father's Day. So I'm excited about that. That's going to be tasty. Um, it's um, Jason needs a segment, says Jeannie. Jason needs his own segment. Maybe Jason and I should have a segment. He sent, he sent me a couple of really great books uh, about, um, about uh, space technology and, I mean, uh, some of the things that he's talked about here on the show and he sends me a lot of good information on um, he sends me a lot of good information via email on some of these topics that we touch on all the time there you go Amy says she does not grill the Pomeranians just two hamburgers and a couple of hot dogs well aren't the Pomeranians hot dog um Sorry, Amy. I'm not picking on you. I just, I find the delicious verbal irony of that. <clears throat> it's all good. All right. Alexa went rogue. Yeah, we're going to talk about that uh, here in just a second because why on earth? I mean, I have a, it's creepy as hell. I will just, in fact, we'll talk about that here when we get in there. Uh, a Pomeranian is better stewed. Oh, see, that's just wrong, Bill. Um, yeah, my son-in-law was a grill master. Pork country rib sockeye halibut tacos made from scratch because y'all's tortillas are garbage. I don't know. I like the Taco Loco ones from the local place there. Um, I, I, I like the, I like the Taco Loco ones. I think they're pretty tasty. Um, especially the smaller flower ones. They're just like little street taco size. Oh, those are so good. Now I'm hungry for tacos. What the hell? You guys are killing me here. Uh, let's go over to the phones and see what, uh, you guys, uh, see if we can get, uh, the name and, uh, who we're calling from here this morning. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Oh, I'm sorry. Let, let me, let me turn your, let me turn your volume up. Who is this? Where are you calling from? This is Barbara from North Pole, Alaska. Well, hello, Barbara from North Pole. You hold the line, my dear. You will be number one in the queue. You'll be first up 
number one with a bullet when we start back up fresh. And then we'll talk back about some of it. We'll talk back. We'll talk back. We'll talk about some of these other things. What the hell? Was I having a stroke there? Talk back, talk back, talk back. Wapner, Wapner, Wapner. Um, okay. Um, let me close out some of these windows so I don't crash the computer again because, my God, that was... All I was doing was clicking between a couple tabs and the computer went, <laughs> nope, sorry. Have a nice day. All right. Here we go. Ribeye cooked over an open fire. See, I just had some Angus burgers. Um, I do the frozen, you know, I get the frozen Angus burgers from Costco. Uh, and then I run them under hot water so the outside gets all sticky. And then I put a rub on them. Oh, so good. Put the rub on. Let it sit. Let them start to thaw out a little bit and get that rub. Just kind of press it in real good. And then I get the grill up to about 600 degrees and I, I just sear the hell out of the outside. And you put it on the, and then you don't touch it. You don't, you don't press on it. You don't do nothing. I got it timed. Four and a half minutes on one side, five minutes on the other. They come out just a little pink on the inside, a little pink all the way through. So. I had a double cheeseburger last night. That's double cheeseburger. Whoa, buddy. Put that thing back in its holster. We haven't gone anywhere. I don't understand. Check out the MichaelDukesShow.com for information on how to get access to the podcast. Welcome to the party, pal. The, the Michael Dukes Show. The greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. What more could you want from a low-budget radio program? This is a dumpster fire. That was just BS. It is time to get a new perspective. We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom. I just don't fathom it. The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. Uh, yep, live around the world on the internet at MichaelDukesShow.com and across the state of Alaska on this, your favorite radio station and or FM translator. Good morning. It's Monday. If you're just joining us, hi, how are you? Uh, you did you have a great weekend? Oh, so beautiful. Uh, if you're a father, did you have a good Father's Day? If you're a mother, did you have a good Father's Day? If you're not, did you have a good Father's Day? Man, we were just talking. I mean, everybody in the chat room now is talking about what they were grilling up for the weekend, for the because I I did some grilling yesterday and it was it was awesome. It was fun, but man, people are doing pork country ribs, sockeye, halibut tacos, uh, chicken thighs, beer brats, uh, uh, you know, a, a just a big old porterhouse steak, a ribeye cooked over an open fire. You guys ate way better than I did. I just had two frozen Angus burgers, but they were delicious. They were absolutely delicious. And some uh, and some bratwurst. Oh, man. Love me some cooking out there. Anyway, I hope you had a great weekend. Um, uh, I hope you uh, I hope you enjoyed, uh, enjoyed it and you're looking forward to this week because this week is going to be good for you. I guarantee it. Or double your money back. It's going to be a great week for you or you pay nothing. You're still going to pay nothing. Uh, we got open line, open forum today. We've been talking about a few topics, mostly about my paranoia in regards to the government being involved in 
well, creating all this infrastructure for the internet and how I'm a little nervous about that because, I mean, the free market will provide if you just live it be and let it alone, right? Instead of creating all this corporate cronyus and all that kind of stuff. But that's probably a topic better left in last hour. Let's continue on. Barbara's on the line from North Pole. She wanted to sound off this morning. So let's see what Barbara has to say this morning. Hello. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Uh, you know what? It's Monday. Like you've uh, been battling, battling yep. the great freeze of the Internet. Yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things when you, you look out there and you're like, I'm a little concerned. You know, when government gets involved in all the Internet stuff, the government that's big enough to give you everything is big enough to take it away. Right. All I can think of is China and how you can't have access to everything because they don't want you to. Uh, the more government gets involved in this stuff, the more nervous I get. You know, it's just one of those things. But again, maybe it's just my anti-authoritarian streak, Barbara. Maybe that's what it is. No, I think we have the same streak. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, look, I came on here this morning. I wanted to talk about it's going to be a really busy week in Fairbanks. And I just thought I'd uh, give people kind of a heads up on what's going on. So tonight um, at the Grange Hall, Rev Prop. Um, he's got a town hall and he's having the um, Department of Transportation is going to be doing a presentation on their interior transportation plan. And if uh, people want to sound off on that, that would be a, a really good opportunity to learn what they have planned. That interior plan goes um, and encompasses, you know, Fairbanks and it goes all the way down to Matsu. So it's a really good opportunity for people to kind of tune in. You can show up at the Grange Hall, or uh, if you go to his page, it's got all the Zoom information there. You can attend by Zoom. Okay. But it's kind of nice to go to the Grange Hall. Um, we generally have some snacky things there. Tuesday night is part two of the borough assembly meeting that was last week, <laughs> or that was a week and a half ago, and the interior trails plan is up. And there's also this ordinance sponsored by Assemblywoman Haney on um, uh, land use rights and uh, people having the opportunity to say no to certain activities like trails uh, and maybe get some compensation if they decide they want to participate in that right. sort of activity. Right. Wednesday, Wednesday, the governor will be in town um, and he's hosting a fundraiser for the Interior Republicans um, in at Ralph Deacon's house, and you can get tickets to that on the Republican Women's website. Thursday night, once again, is the Fertile Assembly meeting, and uh, folks want to check the schedule there to see if there's any topics of interest. I'm pretty sure there will be. And then on Friday, we have uh, Senator Rob Myers is doing a presentation at the luncheon at the Westmark. So there's lots of opportunities there to provide input to your government and found off. Nice, nice. What happened, um, Barbara, I know you called, was it last week that you called about the uh, bill in Fairbanks mm -hmm. that was, uh, you know, kind of the whole environmental thing? And what Can you give us a rundown as to what happened on that? Because I wasn't paying that close of attention, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, there was this thing that happened last October. It was called an election. <laughs> and there was more people voted for me than this other person. So uh, when it came time to elect a presiding officer, I voted for Aaron Lovjeski. And 
So Aaron then put me on this climate action committee that had had a lot of uh, noble ideas, but um, they just were not within the powers of the borough. So I sat down with a group of other folks, and we went through that plan, and we took the borough attorney's suggestions on what was within the legal powers of the borough of the borough to do, and then we presented that, and um, the consultant was actually supposed to change the text of it to conform with the changes, right? Because uh, we had we had taken things and made them like within the powers of the borough. Well, the the consultant didn't do that, so I was like, okay, so we need to vote this down and refer it back so the consultant makes the changes they they were supposed to make. That didn't ha- that didn't happen. The other option was just to vote it down. Um, and so everybody decided to vote it down. Well, good. I mean, because again, uh, so. you know, nothing but nothing like a bunch. Of, I mean, from my time on the assembly, all I can remember is nothing like a bunch of do-gooders wanting to do a bunch of stuff and then realizing that the borough doesn't have any of the power to do that stuff. And then, of course, somebody always comes up with a brilliant idea of, well, maybe we should ask the people if we can have those powers. And I'm like, <laughs> no. No, 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 no more no. powers for you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so yeah. dang. I mean, and I'm, I'm sympathetic with the desire to have nice sidewalks. Um, if you've ever had um, a spouse with a walker or had a baby stroller or you're disabled, I get this having smooth sidewalks. But the borough sidewalk authority or road power authority is in the road service areas where there isn't even paved roads. And I had to point out the absurdity to a few people that the thing that they wanted is to do it at the borough level would mean putting sidewalks where there were no paved roads. Right. And that if they really wanted that activity, they should be talking to the Fairbanks City Council and the North Pole City Council, not the borough assembly. Right, exactly. So Uh, there's a lot of people that just don't understand the powers of the borough. Yeah, well, which is good. I mean, it's limited powers. It's a second-class borough, and it's limited, which is, in my opinion, a good thing uh, as part of the road service. I was the chair chair of the RSAC for, I don't know, I think three years, and uh, that was one of my proudest accomplishments was trying to keep the borough in check on the road service areas. If I look back at my time on there, that was the one thing I'm proudest of is that I was able to try and get some of the power back to the people on those areas instead of public works running the whole show. So it's good to uh, it's good to hear that at least some common sense prevailed on that. All right, Barbara. Well, busy week. Thank you for sharing with us. I appreciate it. And uh, keep us in the loop. If anything else jumps up, we'll see what we can do. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thanks for calling in. You have a great week. You bet. That leaves uh, the lines open now at 907-433-3150, 907-433-3150. If you'd like to sound off today, it's open line, open form. It's kind of become a tradition for Monday because sometimes I just can't get any guests on a Monday. And it's good to just kind of hang out and, uh, and uh, yeah, just you and me, baby, you and me. All right, um, I got this story that I want to talk about (laughs) for Amazon and Alexa. Do I have enough time? I don't know. I don't think I have enough time for this. So I'm going to pick that up in the next segment. But let me just tell you about uh, an interesting letter that uh, Shelly Hughes got. Shelly Hughes, uh, conservative, of course, uh, from District M, uh, received a letter from uh, uh, an interesting source and uh, just 
I can't imagine. You open this letter and you're like, what? What? Um, <clears throat> here's, here's what the letter read. Dear Senator Shelley Hughes, we are writing to express our sincerest appreciation for the donation that was made in your name to the Satanic Temple. Your unwavering commitment to protecting our religious freedoms has inspired one of our constituents to make a contribution to our cause. One of your constituents. The dedication you have shown to fighting for the rights of the Satanic Temple members to practice our religious freedoms helped to ensure that the Samuel Alito's Mom's Satanic Abortion Clinic will continue providing essential support to those performing our Satanic abortion ritual. On behalf of the Satanic Temple and our community, we'd like to express our heartfelt gratitude for being such a source of inspiration to our donors. This is the letter that she got. She's like, what? She was shocked to get the letter, according to Must Read Alaska. Now, of course, Shelley is one of the most conservative uh, senators in the most conservative part of our state, and she is very well known to be pro-life. But she, I mean, she was shocked, but she wasn't that troubled because she figured she must be doing something right. If she's getting somebody stirred up enough to throw money at the satanic temple, then this must have been a uh, a good good thing. Her quote in the story, which I think sums it up nicely, is, I've always liked the Joan Clancy saying of, be the kind of woman who, when your feet hit the floor each morning, the devil says, oh no, she's up. And that's the kind of advocate I always hope to be for the people of Alaska. Um, she said that if uh, people feel so moved, they could counter the donation made in her name by giving to a good cause in Alaska, such as a church, a pro-life pregnancy support center, my house, the homeless youth facility in the Matsu, the downtown Hope Center in Anchorage, which support homelessness. I mean, just there's so many other things that you could do um, and or to give to specifically to other pro-life, uh, you know, uh, pro-life community uh, areas. Um, the satanic temple is, uh, I mean, just, it, it's so crazy. They, uh, naming the abortion clinic after the U S Supreme court justice, Samuel Alito's mother is beyond the pale said Hughes. Yeah. I mean, I, is it real? Is that really the name of the clinic? I mean, is that the whole deal? The, the uh, satanic temple, which is a political organization, uh, that is pro-abortion, obviously, was given the same tax-exempt status as churches by the IRS in 2019. And apparently people are given stuff to, in the name of, okay, I mean, that's the answer to speech you don't agree with, folks, is more speech. So if somebody wants to give in her name or somebody else's name to an organization like that, then everybody else has the opportunity to give to some other pro-life organization. Uh, Good Samaritan or somebody. I mean, I don't know, wherever. But could you imagine getting a letter from the Satanic Temple? Um, <clears throat> yeah, a little bit shocking. A little bit shocking. All right, we are headed to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about your smart devices. Your smart... And it's spooky. Speaking of Satanic, it's spooky. We're going to talk more about that here in just a moment. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio.
running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show. Could you imagine getting a letter from the say, thank you for calling the satanic temple. To throw up green pea soup, press one. <laughs> to torture puppies in hell, push two. Um, all right. Um, going back through here. You guys still talking about food. Oh, man, so good. So good. Um, what happened to Sarah? Oh, Sarah Montalbano? Oh, we'll have her back on. She's just, I mean, it's summer, man. Uh, I mean, I can tell you right now from watching, you know, the numbers and everything. First of all, I mean, look at the number of folks who are in the chat room. Normally we have about 65 to 70 people in the chat room. We've got just over 40 right now. It's summer. People are out doing things. It's just, that's the nature of the beast. Um, and so it, it happens and the guests are doing the same thing. They just, they can't be bothered. They're trying to squeeze as much summer in as they can. So, uh, but we are working, still working on stuff. Don't, don't worry. It's going to be fine. Uh, um, I'm just now Hawks talking about smoking and a pellet smoker and yummy. I would, you know what? Masa, get your own Masa. I saw that uh, Jeannie said, get your own Masa. And uh, what did you say? It takes 20 minutes. Just buy the Masa and make your own. It takes 20 minutes unless you want to feed a hundred people. Um, corn tortillas. I do like some corn tortillas. I, I like, I like corn tortillas for sure. But like I said, I like the taco local ones. I mean, they're made fresh locally. Um, they last a while. Um, I've, you know, but I mean, in a house, they don't have to last very long in my house because there's enough people that they eat them. But um, corn tortillas, too. I do like corn tortillas occasionally. The, the flour tortillas, yes. The corn tortillas, yes. Yes. I just like masa. I just like yum. That's yum. Okay. Um, I'm familiar with Taco Loco, said Jeannie. I know the cabbie. I don't know what the key. Oh, Kenai, I'm sure is what that's supposed to be. Kenai. Thank you, autocorrect. I know the Kenai vendor. They are fresher, but you still need to read the label. Homemade tortillas have two ingredients, ground corn flour and water. Well, unless you're getting flour tortillas, then they have just regular flour and water. But, you know, mmm. Um, can you imagine <laughs> what was that? Can you imagine? Hey, want to go to the club with me tomorrow night? Sorry. I have a satanic ritual to attend maybe next weekend. <laughs> oh man. Jay says, I can't even believe there's even a satanic temple in Alaska, let alone the country. Um, it's in Salem, Oregon. So, I mean, it's, you know. That that's the or Salem, uh, Salem, Mass, Salem, Massachusetts. Where'd she say Salem, Mass, Salem, Massachusetts? That's where it came from. Salem, Massachusetts, not Alaska. So I mean, it's not like it really even mattered at that point. They just you know 
it was a political stunt, which I mean, paid off because obviously she put the stuff up on the deal that paid off. It's cool. Um, <clears throat> Mike says, uh, I wonder what the income taxes will be when the slope shuts down. Uh, do you know something I don't, Mike? Is the slope shutting down sometime in the near future? Not that I'm aware of, but you know. Um, yeah. I mean, hey, people can believe what they want to believe. It's uh, it's America. I mean, that's that's part of the whole religious freedom thing. I don't have to agree with it, and I can think that in fact it is in fact crazy or evil, but. That's as long as they're not physically hurting anybody else or infringing on anybody else's rights. That's the whole point. We're supposed to be able to believe. That's what free will's about, right? That's what free will's about. All right. Uh, here we go. Jumping back into it. The Michael Duke Show. <laughs> Common sense, liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Like and share. Like and follow. Hit the bell on YouTube. Let's go. No. Okay, uh, welcome back. Hour two of the big radio broadcast, and we are doing a little bit of open line, open form. Any of the news stories that jump out at me to talk about, and just you know, whatever. I think it's we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff. Hey, um, this is interesting. Now, as you know, if you've listened to this program for any length of time, I'm a bit of a nerd. I admit it. I embrace it. I don't. Why do I have to admit it? I sound like a, I'm uh, coming out of the closet on something or what. I'm a nerd, proud and I'm loud and proud. I like tech stuff. I like, you know, computers and anime and everything else. I mean, it's just one of those things. Okay. Um, and I do have, um, I do have Alexa, uh, you know, at my house. I've got it at my office. I've got, you know, um, they're handy to have for certain things. And I use them in part for business, too, um, because, you know, you can, uh, if you told Alexa just to listen to the Michael Duke show, uh, guess what? It would find the latest episode for you and it would play it for you right over the speaker. I mean, there's some cool stuff that you can do there. Um and there is, you know, some things that uh, are a little dangerous. We've talked about IoT, the Internet of Things, right? And that's this whole idea of smart technology. Um, they've got now. I mean, they've got refrigerators now. Samsung makes a refrigerator that is uh, got the IoT thing in it. It's actually got a tablet built into the front of it, where you could put like stuff on the shopping list and groceries and. You know, it, 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 it's just all kinds. There's crazy stuff, right? The Internet of Things can control your coffee maker, your toaster, your television, your lighting, your heat. I mean, all these different things. Uh, and that's what the whole idea behind the smart home is. Now, I've never gotten all the way into it because, well, because I'm paranoid, right? 
I've got it. And let me just tell you how paranoid I get sometimes on this. Um, my, uh, my, uh, the owner of, of the radio stations that I work for told me one time we were talking about Alexa and the Alexa skill and all the other things that it does. And, and he goes, he goes, but those things are spooky as hell. He said one time, he said, we were in my office, uh, my friend and I were having a conversation about heliskiing. That was just something that, I mean, he, he said, I hadn't had a conversation about that before um, in my office or anything else. And this guy was telling me all about heliskiing and all this kind of things. And he goes, for the next three days, I got all these ads on my, when I surfed the internet about heliskiing. Alexa was there. I never said her name. We never did it. You never did anything. How often is that thing just listening? And then the other night, my daughter came in and we were sitting in the living room where I have a fire cube, which is a, it's a internet device to play all the streaming services and everything else. And it's an Alexa based fire cube. And, uh, my daughter said something about some website, Timu, Tamu, whatever, some buying website where you can buy junk crap. I mean, it's like Alibaba or something. Anyway, she talked about this site. And then like 10 minutes later, I turned on YouTube about something. And the first ad that I got was for the site that she was just talking about. And that made me go, oh, man, so spooky. Well, what about all you folks out there who have been like, I really want to get into this, you know, this smart home thing. There's all kinds of things, the integrated. I'm going to be able to check the temperature of my bedroom, you know, when I'm at work or do whatever it is. Well, there's a darker side to this whole thing. There's a darker side to this thing. And thank you to Eskimo Libertarian for pointing this out and throwing the story my way. A man claims to have suffered a week-long smart home lockout after an Amazon delivery driver mistakenly accused him of being racist. Now, this guy's name is Brandon Jackson. He's an engineer for Microsoft. He said the digital exile began the day after a package was delivered to his home last month when he suddenly found himself being unable to interact with any of his smart devices. He said, but this wasn't just a simple inconvenience. He said, I have a smart home, and my primary means of interfacing with all the devices and automations in the home is through the Amazon Echo devices through Alexa. He said, this incident left me with a house full of unresponsive devices, a silent Alexa, and a lot of questions. So he reached out to Amazon and said, what's going on? Is, is it broken? He said the tech worker was told that his account had been locked due to a report from a delivery driver who claimed to have received racist remarks. Now, recordings from the home smart doorbell appear to show the delivery driver, who Mr. Jackson said was the same race as him, misheard an automated response from the, vo uh, from the device saying, excuse me, can I help you? Apparently, something in that made the guy think that it was a racist remark of some kind. He that so they locked him out of his devices without notifying him without. I mean, there was no he had to contact them to find out that he was locked out of his device because some driver said that he made a racist comment. <laughs> so he had to submit the footage to Amazon. They began an investigation and nearly a week later, they finally unlocked his account. Ah, uh, what? 
He said, I fully support Amazon taking measures to ensure the safety of their drivers. However, I question why my entire heart smart home system had to be rendered unusable during their internal investigation. He said, due to this experience, I'm seriously considering discontinuing my use of Amazon Echo devices and will caution all others about this incident. <laughs> this, he said, this doesn't just concern Amazon, but all tech firms that produce smart home appliances and devices. If you buy a device, you own it. That's regardless of who you are, he said. But he doesn't talk about the service aspect of it. If you bought a toaster, it doesn't matter what you did, how bad of a person you are, or how good of a person you are, you still own the toaster. If you really do something horrible and bad, that shouldn't be Amazon or Google or Apple's call to do anything about it. I mean, yes, you own the device, but you don't own the service that the device runs on, right? I mean, this is the whole thing with <clears throat> this move to subscription-based services and things like that. It's like you used to be able to buy a physical copy of Microsoft Office, right? Well, now you really can't. I mean, you can, but you have to really jump through some hoops to get a physical copy. It's like video games. You can't really buy a, 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 a physical copy of a video game and, and, and have it in your hand. And in fact, more and more of those games are requiring internet access, even though you may not be playing with other people, they require internet access just to be able to be played, which is, I mean, you know, what if you live in an area with super low bandwidth? You want a disc or a dongle or whatever, a jump drive to be able to plug in and load the game. And I don't want to have to be connected to the internet. If I, especially if I have like a metered internet connection where I can, I don't want to have to do, but see, that's where everything's going. To where they have some control over that. I mean, yeah, you think you own that copy of Microsoft Office until you do something that makes Microsoft mad and then they turn off your copy. I mean, that it, it, it's it's all about those kind of things. But I mean, in your own home for devices that you've purchased, you've paid money for and they shut them off without any notification to you based on an unsubstantiated claim. Ooh, baby. Oh, man. I mean, quite honestly, um, yeah, I, quite honestly, there could be um, there there could be a, a potential lawsuit in that kind of thing. Because, again, as the guy pointed out, what if I'm a horrible person? What if I'm a horrible, cranky old man who has. You know, I'm the Archie Bunker, racist tendencies, whatever. If I purchase your product and I'm using your product, you now get to judge me on what I do or what I, what about what I believe? What about if I, you know, I mean, <clears throat> this is a cautionary tale. This is a severe cautionary tale for all First and foremost, again, I love the technology, but I'm a little nervous about what the thing, because it's listening all the time. It may not be recording things or may be recording things. I mean, who knows? But the fact that you could talk about a certain product, good or service, 
And then you start to see those kind of things hit on your, um, on your, uh, your search, not search results, but on your advertising, when you're on the internet, that ought to make you go, what, how did, how is that even possible? Now, is the convenience outweighed by the maybe, maybe not. That's a choice that you're going to have to make. I'll be honest with you. I would have had a, uh, I think I would have had a conversation with my, with the legal department at Amazon to say, I mean, you gave me no notice. You shut down my whole smart home. You gave me no notice. I've got all these devices. I've invested thousands of dollars with you in creating this smart home with all your devices. And now you shut it all down with so much as a fare thee well or a middle finger. That just doesn't seem copacetic. I think I'd be having a conversation with somebody about that uh, rather than just, well, I'm thinking about not using it anymore. Oh, baby, I know that's not. Yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> the just uh, that might just be a peek at things to come, my friend. That that could be just a little bit of a peek into what things would look like in the future. You might want to read, remember those terms of service and the ELUA, the end user license agreement, all those things that you just skip by when you, when you click and you click and I accept, I agree, I accept, I agree. Maybe you should read those. Um, maybe you should read those before you click, I agree. It's like your cell phone, right? I mean, you got your cell phone before. I mean, the first time you start your cell phone, it gives you like, you know, five screens worth of EULAs and, and terms of services and agreements and all that stuff. If you say no to any of those, your phone can't, I mean, you can't even use your phone without those agreements. But do you know what those agreements give you? No, nobody knows because they don't bother to read them because there's 53 pages of legalese. But essentially it means that they can track everything you do, sell your information, do all that kind of stuff. Now we do it for convenience, but again, there's going to be a go, there's going to be a go, no go point where people go, no, that's just not worth it. And they're going to stop. Well, maybe that's me being optimistic because maybe, especially after this last thing that we talked about last week, where that new survey showed that something like 29% of millennials or the young people, the 25 to 30 crowd, 29% of them would be okay with the government placing cameras in people's homes to prevent domestic violence and other things and other things, maybe, maybe they're okay with that. Maybe, maybe they're okay with that. I, I don't know. All right. Um, let's go. We're going to take a break. We've got one for one more segment coming up. I don't know what we're uh, going to do. Take some calls. Got some other stories. Talk a little bit about what happened in the legislature. Uh, talk about the new port that's coming. Talk about that invasive species, species, or just take some phone calls. 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. The Michael Luke Show, Common Sense Radio. We're 
are broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com. Okay. <clears throat> Let me go back to see what you guys have been saying, because I was on a rant, a little bit of a rant. Um, if you don't tip your DoorDash driver, they'll report you to Amazon for being racist. Possibly. Um. <laughs> Me and, wait a second, what is this? Kelly says what? Me and one of my friends were sitting in the living room chatting and all of a sudden Alexa interrupted us over and over. My friend yelled for her to shut up. Then she shut off and wouldn't come back on till she apologized to Alexa. Oh, I'll tell my Alexa to shut the hell up. Um, But yeah, yeah, that's kind of, it's kind of crazy. <clears throat> Won't have that technology in my home. Cell phone is enough for me, says Terry. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you don't need all the smart home stuff. I mean, it's convenient, but you don't need it. What are you giving up for that, right? Um, uh, let's see. Uh, we'll have talking dogs. Wonder how that work out. Um, terms of service, fine print. Yep, exactly. TOS, fine print. Um. Let's see. Uh, Rick, it was, it was, it was, um, and that is, and that is why they want to build out broadband. I mean, yeah, look, <clears throat> trust me, you don't ever have to worry about your house being bugged, right? You carry your own little bugging device right here. I mean, they can, the government, if you get a warrant, they can activate the microphone on your cell phone or on your computer at any time. Right. They don't need to. They could just turn on or your Alexa or whatever. I mean, it. it this is not this is not rocket surgery, folks. <laughs> um, if I talk to the legal department, Bill says the legal department's first word. Did you read the disclaimer you agreed to? Yeah, but the whole no notice thing, that's what got me is that he had to go track. He thought it was something wrong with this system. He had to go track it down to Amazon. I mean, Amazon should have at least sent him a thing that said, you're on super double secret probation for being racist. What? I mean, yeah. Uh, So what part of this doesn't give you pause? Sorry, but it's their product. You think this technology is from China? They already have mics on your person. Your cell phone is listening all the... Oh, yeah, don't be adult. They are listening. Like I was just saying. Yeah, don't... You know, if I was ever going to talk a little treason, like the uh, founders did, right, when they went down to Samuel Adams' pub and they talked a little treason, first thing I would do is lose my watch and my phone. And make sure that everybody around me lost their watch and their phone (laughs) and their Alexas and everything else. I wouldn't be anywhere near any of that stuff if I was going to go out there and talk to reason. There's no way about, because this thing just sitting there, I mean, it's crazy. (laughs) It's just crazy. Um, uh, That is not funny, said Rick. Which part is not funny? Uh, I mean... 
I mean, which part is not funny? I'm asking for a friend. Play loud music in the background. Well, I, I think it'd just be easier just to leave all your electronic devices somewhere else. But Barbara, why are you making me tell all my secrets about overthrowing the government? Come on. Guy's got to have a hobby. I'd rather barbecue and play video games, quite honestly. I just, I don't think it's going to be. Uh, when I go to political meetings, says Terry, I leave my phone at home. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't have a smart home, says Amy, just a cell phone, which I just said is just, can be just as smart or sneaky or invasive as the rest of the stuff. I mean, this cell phone tracks everywhere you go. You realize that, right? Even if you turn off location services, which I have mine, I have my location services turned off. It still gives me a basic measure of where I've been. I mean, if you, if you, this is an Android device. Apple does the same thing. Android device, though, you can go to your Google services and you can look to see where the phone has been. Right? You can see where the phone has been. You can see where it goes. You can see how long you were there for. Um, the, again, they can turn on all kinds of stuff, all your searches on the internet, anything you've talked about or read about on the phone. I mean, it, there's a, so much information. That's why data mining has become a science because they can find out so much about you by just taking that numbers, taking the, the raw data and crunching it down and you're building a profile of who you are. Oh, wait till your grill becomes part of the internet of things. <laughs> nope. Nope, not going to do it. I like my burgers too much. You can't have that burger. You're too fat. You can't have burgers. You can only have chicken. Oh, my God. Are you killing me? All right. Um, here we go. Uh, jumping back into it. Final segment for the show, the Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty-based, free, thick, and radio. Like and share. Like and follow. Do all the youtube -y things. Let's do it. Well, <laughs> man, we got into deep conspiracy theory territory in the chat room during the break. I mean, I was talking about smart homes and Alexa and everything else, but your cell phone, man, we were just talking about your cell phone. I mean, you realize I mentioned the terms of service and everything when you first start your cell phone and you got to click through all the, yes, I agree. Yes, I accept all that kind of stuff. I mean, these phones, they... I mean, you could turn location services off. You can do everything else. The phone still knows where it's at, right? Even if they have to backtrace it through the towers, they know where the phone's at. If you leave your location services on, basically, I mean, Google will give you a timeline of every place you've been in the last 30 days. I mean, you have that clandestine meeting in that dark alley. Google knows about it. It knows how long you were there, know where you came from, and where you went afterwards. It's just so crazy. It's just, <laughs> I mean, the amount of stuff that we give, we just don't even know the amount of information that we give up on a daily basis between our social media profiles and our, 
our usage of the phones and where we go and everything. I mean, that's why data mining has become just a huge science. Because if they could pull, you know, people used to say, well, it doesn't really matter if uh, they sell my information because it's all anonymized and yada, yada, yada. Well, they have your IP address or they have the IMEI of your phone, which is the individual identifier. I mean, they could they could build a profile of you based just it's I mean, you know, it's so scary that I have to laugh at it because otherwise I'd cry. But I mean, we can't not go without it. Right. I suppose we could all use flip phones. But it's technology. We're giving up that security or that privacy for this for the convenience. And it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Uh, but Brian just said, uh, wait till your grill becomes part of the Internet of Things. And then you got to have it. No, I will never buy a smart grill. Never going to do it. Not going to do it. And you may laugh at that. But now there's whole uh, my buddy just bought a new smoker grill smoker that he basically says he sets everything, gets everything set up on the grill, gets it rolling, and then he controls everything from his phone. Yeah, so he sets a temperature and he checks it and he does everything from his phone. (laughs) It's not a joke, man. A grill is part of the Internet of Things. Your toaster, your, your, your coffee maker, just everything is oh and then of course you got the hacker component of that that's the i mean yeah anyway um that's the i don't know how we got down that rabbit hole but it was uh it's it's crazy stuff um all right so what are a couple of the other stories oh i saw this story about invasive species and it really kind of tripped my imagination because There was another story earlier this week about how they're still catching possums down in uh, down in Homer. That one possum, you know, stowed away on some ship, cargo ship or whatever, and they're still finding possums. They just captured another two um, down there in Homer, which is not a oof, not a not a good not a good thing. So I was reading about some of the invasive species on the list, and uh, KTUU, the Alaska's news source, has got a list of things, and most of these I have never heard of. Um, and I, you know, I know that there's a problem. I mean, that's the problem now with rapid transportation, where you can fly up, you can drive up, you can boat up in a short period of time versus what it used to be. Um, they arrive by boat or by plane, some on purpose, some by accident. Uh, and some, they say, because of the changing environment. Um, they all have some sort of Im- impact on the ecosystem. Uh, one of the examples is the salmon fishery at Aliza- uh, Alexander Creek down here in South Central was wiped out when northern pike were introduced into the water. The pike just destroyed the salmon fishery. The Alaska Department of Fish and Game websites list the following invasive species which are currently being found in our state. Um, by the way, possum is not on the list. I don't know why, but that that's it. Some of these I recognize, some of these I don't. So Atlantic salmon, that's, I mean, damn, that was a long swim. Atlantic salmon made it all the way over to the West Coast. The Chinese mitten crab, I don't know what that is. The chytrid fungus. Dodendum vexillium. 
didendum vixellium. It's a colonial tunicate. It's an undersea creature. It's like a, it's commonly called sea vomit. <laughs> Maybe that's why they use the scientific name because it's commonly called sea vomit. Uh, the European green crab, uh, which, uh, you know, is, uh, it's a small shore crab, usually in the Atlantic and the Baltic Sea. Um, are they, are they good to eat? Can you eat them? Considered edible. Uh, they aren't any bigger than your fist and they're pretty, they're pretty, pretty tiny. Uh, but you can make soup out of them. That's what they say. You can make soup out of them. Uh, the European starling, which is the, you know, the little tiny bird. Um, and, uh, aren't starlings the one that are, uh, the, that do the dazzling turns where they all get together at a group and they, they do the dazzling turns all over the place. Um, like as a group, like, right. I mean, it looks like a, looks like a drone of a, a, a swarm of drone microbots or something. Um, they are damaging to, um, um, they, they're damaging to crops and berries and they drive out, um, uh, they drive out competitors. And so that is one that's, uh, definitely problematic. The gypsy moth, the gypsy moth is another one that is, uh, um, coming up into the area and they just look creepy. My wife immediately hates those, uh, as they go through a couple more, uh, undersea creatures, which I can't even, uh, pronounce, um, because the, the Botryloides violaceus and Boitrilus schlossery. These are tunicates, the New Zealand mud snail is another one. The Northern Pike, of course, the Norway rat, the quagag mussels, red-legged frog, the rock dove, the sargassum muticum, which is um, another form of seaweed. It's called wireweed, Japanese wireweed or japweed. Uh, it's a large brown seaweed. Uh, that one is becoming more prevalent and zebra mussels. So there's also 53 other plants that are invasive in Alaska as well. But I just, it's a change. It's things are changing. Things are different. You got to do what you got to do. I, I mean, I guess we got to adapt and overcome and improvise, do our thing. Speaking of change, things are happening up in Nome. They just got a, uh, the word is on the street. It's happening. A brand new deep water port. In fact, it is the com the uh, country's first, the nation's first deep water Arctic port. It's a $600 million project that will take uh, make Nome uh, the first deep water port in the country. It will accommodate not just larger cruise ships, up to 4,000 passengers, but cargo ships, to deliver goods to the villages, uh, you know, hubbing out of Nome, and also for military vessels as well uh, to counter the presence of Russia and China in the Arctic. I mean, Senator Dan Sullivan has been, has been, you know, crying from the rooftops for a while now about how China and Russia uh, is, you know, that that is the, the China and Russia are the big threat and the Arctic is going to be one of the theaters that we're going to be working in. Um, <clears throat> the the uh, the problem, of course, uh, for 
us here in Alaska and for the U.S. is that we didn't have any deep water ports. So this will be the first one. Um, a lot of the business owners and officials in Nome are excited, but uh, there are concerns from others who worry about the additional impact of tourists and vessel traffic on the environment. And while I sympathize with them, that is progress, and we do the best we can to mitigate, but we move forward. Um, so it's going to be uh, the, it's going to be interesting. They say the project's going to be done by the end of this decade, so by 2030. Uh, the workers will dredge a new basin uh, 40 feet deep, allowing large cruise ships and cargo vessels and even uh, every U.S. military ship except for aircraft carriers to dock. The military is currently building up resources in Alaska, placing fighter jets at bases in Anchorage and Fairbanks establishing a new Army uh, Airborne Division in Alaska and training soldiers for future cold weather conflicts. And, of course, we have our missile defense capability as well. So this is all part and parcel of that. $600 million for the brand-new port facility. And, of course, they're talking about doing the one down in Homer as well. That would be the – that's going to be deep water too, right? Am I wrong? I know it's a port expansion, but didn't – I think it's – it's going to be deep water. Is that what they're talking about? I know some people are not happy about that either, but um, that's 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 progress, baby. Something's going to happen. I don't know if I'm excited about it, but we'll maybe we should get somebody on to talk about that deeply. I know Chris Story is not excited about it, but we'll see what maybe some other folks say. Maybe we can get a give and take on it. How about that? All right, we're out of time for today. It's kind of fun. Just kind of hanging out. Monday. You're going to have a great week. You're going to have a great week. And uh, we'll be back here tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. We will see you then, my friends. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. Have a good day. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense. Liberty-based. Free thinking radio. my friends it's good to see you guys we will uh, be back tomorrow and we will be uh, ready to go hope you have a great uh, hope you have a great weekend or a great week I just had a great weekend can you tell my, my hair is out of control today I'm gonna go brush it down all right thank you my friends we will see you Tomorrow, have a great day.
shed our terrestrial radio skin. And now we are slimy lizard internet people. It's the Michael Duke Show. 